With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Baseball's great charm is that the action comes in spurts, which leaves plenty of time to spin yarns, look at the girls, and make wisecracks. Chaos. C-H-A-O-S. Critical hate and overwhelming stupidity. Hey everyone, how are you? Thank you very much for taking the time to tune in. Here we are, Full Count Chaos, another episode, and I apologize, not uploading a new one last week. Something came up personally at the last moment, had to leave town, so I apologize, but here we are, back again, together, sharing our experiences being an Orioles fan, and don't forget, every now and then, you need to pat yourself on the back, congratulate yourself for continuing to support a team like the Orioles. You need to give yourself credit every now and then. You know what I mean? It's been tough. Now, if you had a conversation about the Orioles only going back three or four games, hey, life is great. Baseball is fun. Being an Orioles fan is fun. But you go back one, two, three weeks, it's been tough. And I'm sorry I wasn't here to help you through the uh, the 14-game t- losing streak. But I'm telling you, I was there right with you, folks. Those were some brutal games. And it's only June. Lord only knows what's going to happen as the season goes on. Are we going to see another 10, 12, 14, 18 game losing streak? We don't know what the fuck's going to happen with this team. We just continue day after day to support these guys. Yes, we keep being told, hey, don't worry, help is on the way. It's like your house is on fire and you call 911 and they're like, hey, don't worry. Help is on the way. Just sit tight. You're like, well, the house is completely burning down. Like it's almost ash right now. And they 911 just keeps saying, don't worry. Don't worry. Help is on the way. Just sit tight. While we watch this whole fucker burn down, (laughs) we keep being told everything will be all right. Just give it a little bit more time. And just when we think that things, okay, things are moving forward, we got out of the 14-game winning streak. Now we won three in a, uh, yeah, three games in a row. Fuck me. Here goes John Means. Exits with uh, left shoulder fatigue. No, God, please, no. He's had that problem ever since he's been up in the majors. But, you know, we see that happening. And then they get blown out 10 to 4. Again, three out of four that they've won, right? That should be good news. But then you see a, a guy like John Means leave the game. And they asked him after the game, he even said, this is something I've been battling the last few weeks, not really during the games, but after games. He says, I felt it more so in warm-ups when I was out there last couple pitches when I really started to let it eat. I felt it kind of yank. And then every pitch after that, I felt it at the end of extension. He says, honestly, it's the same thing I've had pretty much every year that I've been up. So we're just going to all have to sit tight and wait to see what's going on with that. Not good news. It was John Means Day, and then there it goes. I'm sure you thought like I did. Like, okay, you know, what else can happen with this team? It's brutal. It is a full-time job rooting on these Orioles. 
But uh, anyway, so I've got a lot to go over. I, I received an email last week, <laughs> somebody who apparently is concerned for me, worried because of the uh, last episode that I put out. So I'm going to get to that. Obviously, a lot of Orioles shit that I want to talk about. A uh, lot of conversations. I shouldn't even say conversations. A lot of arguments that I've seen over the past couple weeks pertaining to Mike Elias and, and Brandon High. want to dig into that a little bit. It's just not a good time. Well, it depends who you speak to about the Orioles, whether it's a great time, a bad time, an awful time. Right now, I'm going to say it's not a good time if you're an Orioles fan. Now, if you watch strictly minor league baseball and you're like a base Sox fan, then then you're loving life. They're tearing it up down there. But right now, with them O's going down Cam Yards down here, Baltimore Orioles, go O's. I can't wait. I hope, hope they get a win. Go O's. It's, uh, it's brutal. And like I said, we're going to try to get through this day, one day at a time. I, that's one of, one of my biggest pet peeves hearing that saying, one day at a time. It's like, what other option do I have? Anyway, so before we dig into all the fun here, I always like to try to give you guys a heads up on any good shit out there to watch, movies, TV shows, whatever. Um, I did finish up Mayor of Easttown, but I think I already gave you guys a heads up. Fantastic show. Definitely uh, uh, check that out. It's on HBO, HBO Max, whatever. The first time in over a year and a half, went to the movie theater, loved it. Got a little emotional because you're sitting there going, man, things are kind of getting back to normal. I don't know if things are actually going to get 100% back to normal the way they were before all this bullshit. But I've mentioned a million times before on here, we love going to the theater. My wife and I, we love to eat the the, the shitty-ass popcorn that gives you gas for six months. The nine-gallon jug of Coca-Cola where you can't sleep for two and a half weeks because you got all that caffeine running through your veins. Oh, the experience is great. <laughs> but we saw a Quiet Place, too. Highly recommend it. It was great. It was only like an hour and 20 minutes. So I know all those comic book movies out there now. They're like three and a half hours. It was quick, in and out. Entertaining. Had a lot of parts that make you jump. And it was just fun. So if you haven't seen the first one, obviously you have to see that before you see the second one. Uh, so there you go. Yeah, Quiet Place 2. If you've seen the first one, yes, absolutely go see the second one. Excelente. We liked it. I think a couple people clap. I'm not a clapper. If I, <laughs> if I enjoy a movie, I'm not, the, uh, I'm not the guy clapping just because I really enjoyed it. But there was a lot of clappers in the theater after that was, after that was over. I mean, good for them. They're excited. They want to, I don't know, show the other people that they liked it, so they clap. I don't know who they're clapping for. But, yeah, I guess it was, it was that good. So about 35% of the room clapped. I did. My wife's not a clapper either. <laughs> All right, folks, want to remind you once more, Locker Room App. It's a free audio-only social media platform for sports fans. Start or join ongoing conversations, watch games together, react to the biggest news, rumors, and games. Talk with other sport fans, insiders, athletes, and executives in real time. All you need to do is download the Locker Room app. It's free. Create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the league. That's it. Locker Room app. Lot to go over, including the email again I, I received, and it was just a, a somebody writing in concerned for me, and I appreciate that. You know, we all went through a bunch of baggage bullshit with that 14-game losing streak, but somebody checked in, just wanted to make sure I was okay. And you know, I, I've still been watching every single game 
the Orioles. Every day I turn it on, even through that losing streak. I'd be, you know, you turn on the game and you're just sitting here like, all right, how are they going to fuck this one up? Just, just a brutal two weeks of baseball. But I, I've said before, I'm not a big hater of Scott Garceau. I see a lot of people getting on him on Twitter, and, and I get it. You know, Garceau kind of doing a, a Gary Thorne impression late in his career. He was calling foul balls that were home run, vice versa, calling the wrong person, the wrong name, wrong player, uh, wrong manager, coach running out to the mound. I mean, he's just all over the place. And I, I guess him and, and Palmer together are still trying to find their mojo. But I, I, I don't think <laughs> Garceau... When he calls the games, he likes to throw out a lot of dad jokes during the game. And I, and I don't think Palmer wants anything to do with any of his jokes. Because I, I shit you not. Palmer doesn't even laugh, no giggle, no comment about his joke. Just absolute silence. I mean, radio silence after Garceau tells one of his dad jokes. I think the other day Palmer was talking about, like, the pitcher's leg kick and wind up. And... Scott responded with, well, good thing he doesn't lift both legs or else he'd fall. (laughs) Nothing from Palmer. And if you turn your TV volume all the way up, you can just barely hear Palmer say, for fuck's sake, Scott. (laughs) I I haven't once heard Palmer laugh at Scott jokes, his dad jokes. I think that should be a new drinking game. For every joke Scott makes that Palmer doesn't laugh at, you got to drink, and you'd be completely fucked up hammered by the end of the fifth inning. But that's just one thing I've noticed, you know, trying to keep my mind off the game on on those 14 games of just complete ass. I started trying to distract myself. I'm like, all right, let me see how many jokes Scott says and Palmer doesn't even laugh or make a comment. And there's quite a few every game. These past couple weeks, everybody, everybody has just been furious, extremely upset. Fans yelling at each other about whether Brandon Hyde should be fired and whether Michael Elias is a joke. But the thing is, we all have in common, we're all pissed off. We all want the Orioles to win. And the other day, Michael Elias, I mean, he was almost trending on Twitter the other day. Somebody on Twitter started a big feud, and I never heard of the guy or girl, or person. I don't know who it was, but they had like 50,000 followers. But I I noticed on their Twitter page, they didn't mention anything about sports, or the Orioles, or Baltimore, nothing. I think he referenced some, like, video game something. I I don't know. I I didn't really take much time to to look into who this person was, because I was just intrigued by reading all the uh, uh, tweets about Elias, and whether or not, you know, what he's doing is, uh, is a bunch of bullshit, and a bunch of garbage, and both sides just basically started an Elias war. Everybody comes running into the room, just swinging with weapons, trying to chop each other's heads off. It was crazy. But the argument seems to be on whether that I've noticed, which was the popular argument on whether Elias should be still putting out a competitive team during this rebuild or, you know, and I'm reading that like, well, well, can he put out a competitive team? Nobody seems to know hundred percent what the fuck is going on. And what I mean by that is both sides of each argument, nobody has a goddamn blueprint who are saying, hey, check this out. This is line by line what Mike Elias' plan is and when we're going to start winning because I don't even think Mike knows when we're going to start winning. But don't get me wrong. 14-game losing streak, I don't care. I don't give a fuck what situation you're in and what you're trying to do. That is unacceptable. You stupid, ignorant, son of a bitch, dumb bastard! No fan, no team, no organization should have to sit through such bad baseball. I mean, it's brutal. 
And I get it. You know, the arguments of, of why not sign a couple guys to bring on the Orioles to at least help this team be a little more entertaining, win a few more games. But then, you know, that conversation continues with, well, who the fuck are they going to sign? Who's going to want to, you know, big names, free agents, want to come sign with the Orioles for a year or two, especially with the bullshit that they've seen, that they know that they're doing. They're doing a rebuild. They're going to be playing on a shit team. I guess if the money's right, but then Elias is probably thinking, why would I spend that money to have them win 70 games instead of 50? And then the response to that is, well, it'd be better than what we're watching right now. At least it'd be a little more entertaining. And I completely get that argument. It's like, look, life is going to suck as an Orioles fan. Why not just make it a little better in the meantime? Just a little better. You know, we under we all understand what's happening, but just help us out. All right? Who cares? If you, if you sign one big name and they won 60 games instead of 50, all right, well, those 10 wins <laughs> will be happy moments instead of those 10 losses where we'll all be sad. I, I don't know. And so, but I, I get it why Elias wouldn't want to sign those players and spend the money in, until the Orioles start being extremely competitive. It's just a back and forth, back and forth. I see it both sides. Both sides, We're all frustrated. It's like being a kid growing up in high school, 14 years old. You know, some kid, he's being bullied. He's trying to fit in the in crowd. He doesn't have any friends. And the adults are going, hey, kid, listen, in about 10 years, everything will be fine. You're going to go to college. You're going to meet somebody, settle down, have kids, meet new friends. But at the time, at the moment, you know, that kid's like, all right, I, I'm tired of hearing about that. I get it. Okay. But right now, this shit sucks. So we keep hearing everything will be fine. Everything will be fine. But what about right now? Okay. It's been three, four years. A lot of people are like, can't you just kind of put a little Band-Aid on this right now just to make it a little better? <laughs> Sign one or two big agent, free agents. So what if it's 15 extra wins? <laughs> be better than what we're watching now. And fans getting carried away with asking for Brandon Hyde to be fired. Just stop it. All right. I, I'm, I'm completely on the side of that. That's, that's ridiculous right now. It doesn't matter what manager would be managing the or Earl Weaver and his prime managing the Orioles. Oh, for shit. He would get his keys and get the fuck out of there and be like, I'm done with this shit. I'm out of here. And again, I'm sure Elias warned Hyde all about the bullshit he gave the keys of a Toyota Corolla to Brandon Hyde and said, hey, win me that Indy 500. <laughs> we didn't say win it. He just said, hey, you know, keep things steady. Try to try to just blend in for a little bit. All right? And again, also, stop telling everyone this is a, I, I see these fans telling people, oh, uh, it, it's a rebuild. Losing is to be expected. That's not true. You're a, a competitive professional baseball team. I mean, what, what do you think? Brandon Hyde every day walks in and goes, hey, guys, listen, it's okay if you lose. Don't worry about it. We're going through a rebuild. So, you know, if you strike out 16 times in a game and, and you're 0 for 16 runners in scoring position, don't worry about it. Losing's expected. Bullshit. Fuck that. They're out there trying to win every single day. And losing is not expected. And then the response to that is, well, bullshit. What do you mean losing is not expected? Look at the team they're putting out. What do you think? Uh, they think they're going to go play in October baseball with this roster? Of course not. So basically, I hope you're getting my point, what I'm trying to say here. No, Nate, I have no fucking clue what you're trying to say. Both sides of the argument make sense. Okay, everyone's frustrated. You can go back and forth with the arguments. Although there are those very aggressive people who, when you get in these discussions, you know, people are like, oh, Michael Ives, who's chicken shit, doesn't know what he's doing. He's just trying to lose 10, 10 years in a row so he gets the first-round draft pick. Don't you think Michael Elias knows, just like you do, 
Baseball is not like the NFL or NBA where the, the number one draft pick is almost guaranteed to help the team win for many years. It's what? I think I talked about it's a 60% chance that the number one round draft pick winds up playing in the majors. Don't you think Mike Elias knows that? And he's probably got another plan around that to try to get this organization back up and running and have uh, winning seasons year after year. I don't believe into the whole shit of, oh, he's throwing games because he wants that one number one draft pick. No, I, I, I'm sure he's smarter than that, just like we are. We know not every draft is going to work out. So I continue to hear he's got a plan, trust the process. And, yeah, believe me, I'm so fucking tired of hearing that. So I don't have the big answer. I'm not here to sit here and say, listen, guys, this is what's going on and how we're going to get through this and be patient. Trust me, that 14-game losing streak, absolutely unacceptable. I don't give a fuck what you're trying to do. No fan should have to sit through watching their team and pay good money to go watch that garbage. And some people going, oh, Michael Elias is high five and everyone, this is exactly what he wants. No, it's not. No, it's not. So a lot of people lost their shit these past couple weeks watching the Orioles. Uh, again, fullcountchaos at gmail.com. Just love to hear, you know, I'm always asking you to email in about whatever crazy other shit's on your mind. No, I want to hear from you specifically about Michael Ice, Brandon Hyde, the rebuild. Like, what is on your mind? After these past couple weeks of seeing a 14-game losing streak, everybody was already frustrated enough. Where are you at? You may be a fan like, hey, man, I trust the process. I'm just waiting. Still enjoying my Orioles, but I know in a few years things are going to start turning around. Or some people write in and say, I'm not an Orioles fan anymore. I'm an Indians fan, and I enjoyed that 10-4 to win. Again, fullcountchaos at gmail.com. Received an email. Darren from Frederick County. Again, I always say I love hearing uh, where you're writing in from or tuned in from, whatever. says, hey, Nate, always love listening to your podcast every week for some good laughs. But this past episode, you sounded like you were going to end your life with one bullet. <laughs> That'd be some shit. Uh, he says, in two years, this was the first time I could hear the frustration five seconds into the episode. Uh, like you say, hang in there. We'll all laugh about this one day. Darren from Frederick County. Appreciate the email. <laughs> yeah, a couple other people told me that. He said, man, you sound like your, your favorite relative died. And again, this was an episode from two weeks ago. Before the 14 game, uh, 14 losing, 14 game losing streak, it's hard for me to even say it, uh, ended. I think when I uploaded the episode, we were like six games in a row losing, and I was, I don't know, I just couldn't take it. <laughs> I had no more anger to give towards the Orioles, and at that point, was just mentally exhausted watching that team. And when you say we'll laugh about it, look, the exhausting years from 98 to 2011 still isn't funny. Even when we were winning 2012 to 2016, I wasn't saying, hey, what, weren't those some funny days, some funny times when we were losing? No, I was still talking about that fucking sucked. Thank goodness we're seeing some winning seasons right now. But I get what you're saying, Darren. Trust me, I, I hear you. I've said that before. Hopefully one day we can look back and laugh at these days. Those 14 years of losing still did not have a 14-game losing streak. That's what pissed me off. When you love something this much and you have zero control over any of it, it makes it that much more frustrating. It's like a relationship. You love that girl so much, but she doesn't want to be with you. <laughs> you know, and she hurts you every day. And 
oh, it just stings. It's like, fuck. You got no control over it. She doesn't want to be with you. That's it, kiddo. Move on. Longest streak. Longest losing streak since 2009, which was uh, 13. First two years of the rebuild, we didn't even see this. That's why a lot of people are, are concerned, thinking that things are moving backwards. That's not necessarily true. Sports is a funny thing, man. It doesn't matter what kind of team you throw out there. Anything can happen. But Brandon Hyde was also frustrated. I mean, he was interviewed last week. I forget which game it was, but he said, this is hard. There is no doubt about it. This is very, very challenging. This is very difficult. It's frustrating. It's embarrassing at times. He says, we want to be able to compete in the big leagues. We're finding out about our guys. That's the bottom line. We have some guys we wanted to look at this year. We're finding out about them from an evaluation standpoint, and that's good. But you want to put a competitive product out on the field. We're facing good clubs that are built to win with starting pitching. That is good. We have a tough time scoring runs. I'm thinking scoring runs. Shit, this pitching gives up leads faster than I have ever seen in my life. They would give a lead back the very next half inning. It's rough. And these pitchers only pitch well if the Orioles don't score. You notice that? Like, it'll be a 0-0 game, seventh inning. Orioles will score two. No matter who's pitching, the very next half inning will tie it up 2-2. Orioles score 16 runs, very next inning, half inning, 16-16, to going into the eighth inning. So the Orioles finally win Tuesday. And it's that amazing feeling. You know, the, the cold sweat, the anger, the headaches, the migraines, the frustration. It just, poof, vanishes for just that 24 hours. After going one for 32 with runners in scoring position their past five games before that win, five for 64 in the last eight prior to the win, the Orioles started the game with four for, or they went four for seven with runners in scoring position. But that Chicago series uh, uh, was awful before then, before they uh, uh, played the Twins. In the four games against Chicago White Sox in the sweep, the Orioles were zero for 24 with runners in scoring position and scored just seven runs. But it was okay. The Orioles finally won Tuesday. Of course, they won again Wednesday, back-to-back. Won the series against the Twins. And Brandon Hyde said, look, coming through the handshake line, everybody had a big smile on their face. He says, our dugout was really into it. He said, that was the most vocal our dugout has been in probably three years. And that game, Severino, holy shit, as much as I can't stand him, hearing Palmer say that he needs glasses was fantastic. Now, that made me laugh. He just said, you know, maybe maybe somebody needs to check his eyesight because Severino can't, he can't catch herpes right now. I don't know what's happening. He can't catch for shit. But he hit a 431-foot home run. That ball's still moving. Then Cedric Mullins has three triples to match his career high from last summer. Uh, watching him play center field is just an absolute treat. I love it. Then you got Mancini's reached base in 17 straight games, batting 379, 22 for 58 with seven doubles, four home runs, 15 RBIs, 11 walks, hit by pitch, and 14 runs scored. Comeback player of the year, no doubt. You know, if he stopped playing right now for an injury, whatever, couldn't play the rest of the season. I, actually, I don't care what example you throw at me right now. He wins comeback player of the year. No doubt about it. Shouldn't even be a discussion. You got Ryan Mountcastle. Tuesday, they announced he had six extra base hits, two doubles, a triple, three home runs, 
in his last eight games, the most across any eight-game span in his career. Then, this guy's on fire, man. And I know a lot of people are like, send him down to AAA. He's got to figure his shit out. Brandon was like, not so fast. Just let him work it out. It's exactly what he's doing. Because on Wednesday, he completely destroyed the ball over center field wall uh, to give him the uh, Orioles a three-run lead. He went two for four with three RBIs that night. Friday night, Mountcastle had seven extra base hits in his last 10 games. In that span, he is 11 for 34, 324 average, with two doubles, one triple, four homers, and 11 RBIs. So these guys are heating up. I don't know what Brandon Hyde said to him. I don't know what he, you know, you'd think after a five or six game losing streak, he would have said something that got him back on fire. But I don't know. They finally beat the Twins. Uh, they win two out of three. A team like the Twins, it's like, all right, the Orioles are getting a break. But at the same time, it made me laugh because the Twins are probably saying that as well. All right, we finally get a break. We get to play the Orioles. And when they got swept in Minnesota, I'm like, wow, things are bad. And then when they come to Camden Yards, they're terrible playing at home. And they lose the first game. I'm like, this is unbelievable. But Nelson Cruz, I cannot believe Nelson Cruz didn't hit at least one 445 feet. Just to remind the organization they're assholes for not signing him, even though it was seven years ago. <laughs> I thought for sure. There were so many times in that series in Camden Yards that Nelson Cruz came up to bat being the tying run or the go-ahead run, and all he had to do was put it over the wall. And I thought for sure Nelson was going to knock one over, and he never did. He hit one 114 miles per hour to left field, but he never hit one over the wall, and I was shocked about that. So, yeah, Wednesday, we're all watching the game with smiles on our faces because, you know, the first time in a while, the Orioles have won. And then we're all watching, turning on, hoping that the Orioles win Wednesday to uh, win two out of three. First inning base is loaded. Galvis hits a 100-mile-per-hour line drive to second base for a double play. And then Stewart flies out to end the inning. Now, as soon as that happens, I'm just like, holy shit, this is unbelievable, the Orioles' luck. Uh, yeah, I'm just thinking, damn, that was quick. O's are back to doing O's bullshit. Of course, though, they pull their shit together. They win the damn thing. That's what I'm saying. Pat yourselves on the back for being an Orioles fan and continuing to stick with these guys. And, uh, you know, every goddamn relief pitcher on this team scares me. And each of those two wins against the Twins were stressful. Eighth and ninth innings. Even the win against the, the, the Indians. It doesn't matter if the Orioles are up by 10. It just gets stressful. Because you know they always seem to find a new way to lose. And then I received a text that week, uh, that series, complaining uh, from a friend of mine, complaining about nobody being at the stadium. And I'm like, what the fuck do you expect? They stink. Why would anyone want to go and spend their money? And I get it. Well, it's the Orioles. It's your hometown team. You should go support them. Fuck that. You have a terrible product. How expensive it is to go to the game. You got one or two kids. That's a shit ton of money you're spending. Why would anyone want to go on a Tuesday night to watch the Orioles play the Twins, the two worst teams in baseball, when you're probably thinking the Orioles are going to lose? So, yeah, 5,000 fans. But we're just hoping and praying. You know, the Bowie roster now, Adley Rushman, Grayson Rodriguez, D.O. Hall, Michael Ballman, Taryn Vavra, tearing shit up down there. But it seems like forever before we're going to see these guys in action. And not too many conversations I'm having where people's patients are perfectly fine right now. It just makes you think the O's could maybe spend just a little extra money for another decent couple of arms. But this is the entertainment. 
they're giving their fans. And I'm not okay with it. The argument of why would the Orioles spend big money to get 10, 15 extra wins? Do it. <laughs> you know? Give the fans just a tad bit more hope. Anything. But we don't have the blueprint. We don't know exactly the plan. I think a lot of us just want Elias to email us one by one the 800-page report on how this is going to work out. Oh, the fun times of being an Orioles fan. Stress and anxiety. Seems like it's a day-to-day routine being a fan. But that's it for now, for this week. Uh, some more guests coming up in the next couple weeks, so that'll be fun. And again, I want to hear from you guys. Full count chaos at gmail.com. Until next time.